Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Everybody, welcome afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about another great giveaway. It's Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. They're giving away a large model RC 104 Starfighter. If you don't want it, they're going to give you nearly $28,000 in cash. Instead, you got to see this thing to believe it. Uh, you can get finals entries every half hour, 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings or by redeeming players' points. I love going to Sasquatch. And I like going there for a lot of reasons. One, the food is fantastic. They have a 99-cent menu, $6.95 for a full prime rib dinner. I think the slots are really loose. They can't say it. I can say it. They have daily cash drawings as well, and they have a sports book as well. Sasquatch and Wild Card Casino, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Mace, you are out of the combine for a second straight day. Uh, I said to you in a text, we could have gone three hours with everything that went on at the combine today. But with the breaking news about baseball, we have to start with that, don't you think? Absolutely. It's it, hey, now all that we've been talking about this on and off for the last three months, basically. And yet, finally, I'm looking at ESPN right now on SportsCenter. I think it's the first time that the that this is finally this impasse has actually led Sports Center. Now it's finally a big deal. It is. And with that time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Baseball commissioner Rob Manfred met the media less than an hour ago and he said no agreement between the players and the owners, and now the first two series of this upcoming baseball season have been canceled, not postponed. They have been canceled. Uh, there was some negotiating late into the night, early in the morning. I think a lot of people thought a deal might get done. I was following Nolan on Twitter, and he was very optimistic. I believe he also said he was going to wear a Paul Goldschmidt jersey to work today if an agreement was reached, and he is wearing a Cardinals jersey, not a Paul Goldschmidt jersey, so that should tell you where he is at today. <laughs> he would like well, you to know a it's Braves, a hoodie, I not a, a jersey. Hat this morning. Say that again, Mace? I had a Braves hat on today, so... Well, you had a Braves shirt on yesterday. Yeah. With that, with that, I don't think anybody should be surprised that this didn't get done, and I'll just give you my theory on it and tell me if I'm out of my tree on this. If some of the reports are true, and you've read the same ones that I have, that there are more than a few owners that it didn't bother them at all missing the first month of the season because of the weather and because of attendance, if those owners, and I'm going to throw Dick Monfort in there as well. I mean, at the end of the day, Denver is a top 20 market, but it is not a top 12 market, for lack of a better phrase. When it comes to baseball, being a top 20 market doesn't make you a major market. When it comes to Nielsen ratings, top 20, you are a major market. But when it comes to baseball, you are not. 
Dick Monfort, I'm not blaming this on him. What I'm saying is I'm guessing he's one of the owners that probably wouldn't have minded at all missing the first month of the season. So if there are more than a few owners who don't mind missing the first month of the season, there are a lot of owners that want to play, but if there are more than a few owners that don't want to play the first month of the season, why in the world would they give their best offer? And if you're the players, knowing that the owners feel this way, according to reports, why would you accept an offer that you know is not the owner's best offer? Right. And even though we see the in the in the lang, in the saber rattling language of these things, uh, the owners insist that this is their final and best offer. And we know that's probably not going to be. The case. By the way, can I can I say something about that real quick, not to cut you off? Rob Manfred, I don't know if he had a chance to see his press conference. He categorically denied that anybody said best and final offer. According to Bob Nightingale, mm-hmm. I believe of USA Today, he was yeah. told by a source that's exactly what was said. That's exactly what was said. Listen, I can Who do you believe on that. I, I'm sorry, because I believe Nightingale more than Manfred at this point. I don't believe Manfred at all. He comes out talking about the fans, how we're doing this for the fans. Oh, come you, on. You know what? You know what my answer is? <laughs> you, you don't have to go anywhere near the dump mut- the dump button, Danny, but F you, dude. You are you are universally despised by the players, and a lot of the owners don't like you either. When you call the World Series trophy a piece of metal for a sport that has been around for over 100 years, why in the hell are you the commissioner if you have that little respect for the World Series trophy? He's not well-liked, but at the end of the day, he's the commissioner. He's the commissioner, and ultimately, he's doing the owner's bidding at this point, right? Well, all commissioners do that, though. Yeah, that's the that's that's his job. I mean, to do to do the to do the owner's bidding. I mean, I and one of the owners, of course, that's key in this is uh, is Dick Montfort. And you mentioned where Colorado basically ranks in terms of MLB markets. It's not a, this isn't a small market team. This is not Kansas City or Pittsburgh. But certainly it's not it, certainly it's not Philadelphia, Boston, New York, Los Angeles shoot in terms of the way the Rockies think and go about business. They're not, not even San Diego. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go back in May, terms of being a small market. I'm going to go back to my television days just to describe what market size means, because I think there is some confusion on what market size means. Market size is based on the number of people that can be reached by the main television signals of the affiliates in that market. That's what it means. Okay. It's it's really that simple. So you have, let's use Tampa as an example. Okay. Tampa isn't a particular, is not a particularly huge city, is it? The, the city of Tampa is not right, but the market, but the is, reach the market is substantially bigger, yes, but the reach of the signal is, is vast. So Milwaukee is, Milwaukee is the only major city in Wisconsin. Okay. And I understand the population isn't big anyway, but I know the state of Wisconsin very well when it comes to television markets, because I road trip through Wisconsin talking to, news directors at small television stations in Wausau, Wisconsin, La Crosse, La Crescent, 
Eau Claire. And when you have, I believe WTMJ is still an NBC affiliate in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. If Milwaukee is close enough to say, and I don't have the geography in front of me, close enough to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and Eau Claire, Wisconsin would more than likely have an NBC affiliate, you're not getting in there. So your market size in terms of reach lessens. Does that make sense? Yes. So with that, there are seven teams outside of the top 20 market sizes in baseball. That's it. Only seven. That's it. However, when you look at market size, there, even though Denver is roughly about 18 and Minneapolis, St. Paul is sitting at about 15, there is a huge discrepancy in the number of people and television deals between 10 and 20 or 11 and 20 and one in 10. I mean, the, the numbers are outrageously different. I mean, I want me to give you a huge television market. You're going to fall off your rocker when I tell you this. And it doesn't make any sense at first glance. You mm-hmm. know what the number 11 market in the country is? Orlando. Yes, I believe that. But it's not a big city. It's just a lot a, of people get that signal. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge market, and part part of it is also like what other cities you you have you have in that. Like for example, you you lived in Buffalo, New York. Of right. Course. You worked there. It was right? in the 30s when I was there. It's probably sitting in the 40s right now. Buffalo is currently the number 53 market. Wow, it's what really if I told, that was That's 18 spots behind Greenville, South Carolina. Right. Right. And like Greenville, South Carolina is a bigger market than Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Right. And those are major league baseball markets right now. And right. that and that's what and, and that's and, and those are markets that do that. You know, they they struggle in term in terms of in, in terms of prominence. That that being said, Milwaukee, to their credit, the Milwaukee Brewers do not run their franchise like a small market franchise. When it comes to the CBA in these negotiations, I am not going to play favorites. Um, but the players wanted it at both ends. They wanted the minimum wage to go up. But then they also, it's referred to as the CBT, the competitive balance tax. That's essentially a luxury tax. Luxury tax. Right. Yep. And the players wanted it to go a lot higher. I think they wanted it to start at like $238 million. meaning if you go over that as a team, then you mm-hmm. have to pay a tax. That's good for them because salaries go up. The owners yeah, were, Actually, the union wants it to start at 238 Right. That's going up to 263 Right. Yeah. Okay. And and the owners wanted a 220 and I think they kept it stagnant with their last offer at 220 They mm-hmm. need to go up a little bit, but the players can't have it both ways. You can't have it at the front and the back end, too. You can't. You can't. They'll try and get it, but I understand where the owners are coming from. Did you get a chance to watch the press conference? I did not. No. Okay. Let me tell you something Manfred said, which and, and I think anybody watching it who understands baseball was watching Manfred and saying, you are a stone-cold-faced liar when he said, we've been struggling in baseball for the last five years. Has COVID been going on for five years, or am I living in a, a dream world? Uh. It may seem like it's been five years, right? But it's actually been—it's actually been two years. Two years ago today, 
it was business as usual in Major League Baseball at right. spring training. Yeah. This is what baseball needs to understand. The ratings are down. The attendance is down. People have the opportunity. Now through COVID, they realize they can spend their money elsewhere. They are a dying sport. And they've decided to cut one of their arteries. That's what they've done. Congratulations, boys. Both of you are going to go down. And at the end of the day, I got news for the players. Um, I'm not saying you need to accept the deal. What else are you going to do with your life, kiddo? What are you going to do? Are you going to go to law school? Because I can tell you right now, the owners are going to be just fine. Unless you want to go play in Japan. Yeah. So you might want to really think about what you're doing here. The guys at the top with their salaries, they are set for life. But the guys at the bottom of the rung who are toiling back and forth in the minors, those are the guys that might really get hit. And I'm not saying baseball is necessarily going to go away. But for those of you that decided to go to college and, I don't know, not finish your education, or for those of you that decided to skip college altogether and go directly into the minor leagues, you might want to, I don't know, go to Indeed.com. If this continues or monster or upwork, because that's where you're going to be going looking for your next job, unless all you get on the same page or you tell the higher price guys, we need to get something done here. Yeah. And at the same time, though, like as 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 we were able to get kind of a snapshot of a major league team's financials from the uh, from the report that came out from the, the Atlanta Braves that they have to distribute because they're part of a publicly traded company. Do you know how much? The, the Atlanta Braves grow, make in revenue per per game every time they open their gates? $7. $6 million every time they open their gates. Is that right? Yes. And that, that's just at the ballpark. That has nothing to do with TV, streaming, anything else. Correct. That's wow. Six, six, $6 million every time, they, every time they open up on average. Well. Yeah. Is what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. We've talked about it. And until you have an agreement, I don't think we need to go through the numbers anymore, quite frankly. Yeah. A lot of this is above my pay grade. Come to me when you have an, an agreement. Other than that, I really don't want to talk about you anymore. Coming yeah, up after... I, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, I, it, it I love is. to talk about baseball, but you know what? If it, They're going to they're gonna immolate themselves, and now we've already lost it at least one week, and who knows how much. And meanwhile, the NHL and the NBA and college basketball and Major League Soccer are going to go marching on, attracting eyeballs. Right. Coming up after the break, John Elway was criticized quite a bit when he looked at quarterbacks looking at measurables. What does George Payton think about measurables at the quarterback position when looking for a new quarterback? His answer might surprise you. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, retail, but wholesale, <clears throat> excuse me. Go to rmfp.com. Good time for some water.
Time for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. You know, I. Mace. Can, I, can you hear me? Uh, you hit the mute button again, didn't you? No, I didn't. Okay. Have you ever. If oh, you, that was my fault. You were muted because I didn't. I uh, wanted you to be able to clear your throat without having uh, our listeners be subjected to it. Then I forgot to turn you back on. So that one's on me. Subjected to it. Was it really that bad? I didn't hear it either. Have you ever heard the phrase "I have a frog in my throat"? I've heard that, and I've also heard the song "Let Me Clear My Throat." Who came up with "I've Got a Frog in My Throat"? Because who's ever swallowed a frog? I don't know, but I mean, swallowed a frog is another expression, right? Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Who swallows a frog? Like, it's raining cats and dogs. That doesn't make sense uh, either. There, there's an old, you know, there's an old story. There was an old lady who swallowed a frog. That's ridiculous. All right. One of the biggest criticisms of John Elway was when he was drafting quarterbacks. I think most people know that. He relied probably way too much on measurables. Elway drafted Brock Osweiler over a shorter guy in Russell Wilson. Elway drafted Paxton Lynch over six foot two. Dak Prescott, George Payton met the media today at the scouting combine. Mace, you were there. And clearly, Payton feels a lot differently about evaluating a quarterback. You know, I think you're always looking. It's another part of it. You know, I think height, you know, as we've learned, there's some quarterbacks that aren't over six feet or dynamic. So I think height is, is uh, when I first got in the league, everyone was a 6'5 quarterback, right? Uh, who could really throw it, didn't matter if they moved. Well, the league's changed. You know, now you want a little more athlete. And uh, so I think height, but, I mean, hand size is big. You know, arm. you're always looking at the measurables for every position, and you kind of weigh them as you go. There's some ones we, we like and that are very appealing, including Teddy. You know, Teddy's a guy, you know, you know how I feel about Teddy, and I know the coaches watched him. They, they, they have a lot of good things to say about Teddy, the new coaches. And so um, – you know, we're just going to keep everything open with the quarterback position. We know how important it is, the most important position in sports, we believe. And and, uh, and I know everyone's chomping at it a bit to, to get one, and so are we. Have you ever heard a, a sound effects, a needle getting ripped off of a record? You ever heard one of those? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's how – that's on WKRP in Cincinnati, that's how they mm-hmm. change format, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there you go. Here, here we go. I tell you what. I'm going to cue Danny, and I'm going to pretend that I am George Payton. Okay. Ready? We're also yeah. looking at Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, were you like, uh, what did you just say? Okay, but they weren't. Those weren't the same response. I mean, I, I know you. I know Danny. Uh, you put them together, but they were two responses to different questions. I understand, but he said they are still looking. They yes. would consider Teddy Bridgewater, right? And the coaching mm-hmm. staff likes him. So when he said the name. When he said the name Teddy Bridgewater, I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Didn't you? You were standing right there. Look, I think from a fan perspective, it would be easy to say that. But at the same time, let's say that they don't let's say they don't get Aaron Rodgers. They don't get Russell Wilson. And if, and the one thing we can say about Teddy Bridgewater is this. If the Broncos did draft a quarterback this year. Mm hmm. Would Bridgewater actually be kind of an ideal bridge, pardon the pun, somebody who knows 
that he is basically a temp on the job. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Is Teddy Bridgewater even remotely a semi ideal fit for a stretch zone offense where they want to consistently throw the ball down the field? Not really. So why do the coaches like him? Because if you're Nathaniel Hackett and he, he came back, he back, he talked about intelligence and toughness. And he also added a third attribute uh, to that today when he was talking about quarterbacks at his press conference. And that was accuracy. Fair. Um, it, did, didn't mention arm talent. Very interesting. Intelligence, toughness, accuracy. Um, we know that Teddy Bridgewater uh, has taken a punishment. You, we know what he's come back from. I know people are going to look at what happened in the Eagles game uh, on the uh, on the fumble return, but I think on balance you cannot question Teddy Bridgewater's toughness. Let me give you. We, we know that he's intelligent, and we know that he's accurate. Let me give you another ripping the needle off the record moment. Peyton was asked about Drew Locke being a starter. Peyton said, everything is on the table at quarterback. You heard what Peyton said about Bridgewater. With that, Peyton also said, we know we need to upgrade at the position. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I mean, the other, when he was asked about Locke, y'all, the other thing, the thing he said was he's under contract. I mean, we need to upgrade at the position, but everything is on the table. Uh, And and Nathaniel Hackett said he's looking forward to working with Drew Locke. Right. And then he's talking about Teddy Bridgewater. The the coaching staff likes him, but we have to upgrade at the quarterback position. Upgrade says you don't want the guys that you had last year, doesn't it? Unless you're. Yeah, but I think you're talking. Maybe you're talking about an upgrade that might if you don't trade for a guy. Uh, an upgrade that if you draft a quarterback, you might be talking about an upgrade that could take a year to be ready. And then in that, in the interim, what are you doing between now and then? Okay. What are you doing to bridge that gap? Let me give you another rip the needle off the record moment. So measurables aren't a priority for, for Peyton, right? That's mm-hmm. basically what he said. Yeah. But then he said, there are a couple of things like hand size is important. Ding, ding, ding. And you and I have both heard the same thing, that the Broncos and Peyton like Kenny Pickett, but unfortunately Pickett has what? Small hands. Small hands. Yes. Now, he will have his official measurement in two days. (laughs) He did not, very interestingly, he did not have his hand Mm -hmm. measured at the Senior Bowl. Every other quarterback down there did. The other five did. Kenny Pickett did not. He said he's working on exercises. He wants to have an accurate measurement. His previous measurement has been reported at eight and a quarter inches. What it means? Well, he's double jointed in a a thumb. And I think it's kind of because when you get your hand measured, you're trying to maximize like just how it, it 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 doesn't work right now cuz i'm only on audio you can't see but i would but you're you're stretching your your thumb and your pinky out to kind of get the and they're measuring the distance from one to the other if you stretch them out well i have an idea that's I, what the hand size measurement measurement is end of the thumb end of the pinky across kind of the across the palm well i have an idea for kenny pickett uh I, I don't. I, it's not like I've seen ads online, but I know this stuff is available. 
where there are creams and balms out there that can actually make a part of a man's body longer. So maybe Pickett could kill two birds with one stone. He can have a good time with himself, and he can use his right hand in order to do it. Do you hey. think that's a possible solution? I don't know about that, but he should ask. He should call up Brandon Allen. Remember him? Yeah. Of course, played briefly for the Broncos as a backup back in 2019. Now is Cincinnati's backup quarterback. He added three-eighths of an inch to his hand measurement yep. from the senior bowl to the combine when he was draft eligible in 2016, and he credited credited hand massage work right. for adding three-eighths of an inch. Getting back to this whole thing, because there is a bomb out there for this. I mean, if, if a guy is looking to make a part of his body longer and bigger, don't you think his hand would look like a catcher's mitt? I mean, you would know right away, it, yeah. you would know right away that that guy's hand looking like a pickleball paddle, you know yeah. what he's doing in his spare time, especially when his other hand is normal size. Yeah, I mean, if, if there was Maybe a way to make gloves. your... Yeah, yeah, if there was a... You know, well, Kenny Pickett is a two-glove quarterback. I understand that, but if you use a glove, then you don't get the same type of feeling. But, you know, some, you some do guys that? like working with the gloves. I mean, Peyton Manning uh, came to love working with the gloves, yeah. especially after he had, after he lost the feeling in his fingertips. I mean, yeah. the gloves can help you compensate a little bit. Oh, you're, but you're compensating. Yeah. But I mean, the, but the, th the thing is, it's very interesting that, and I, and I, and I'll admit when I asked, I asked both Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton about measurements. And I did see, say height, hand size, because I, you know, I, sometimes you're asking a question because it's relevant for the moment, right? Every indication I think that you and I have gotten is that they seem to like Kenny Pickett, except for the hand, except for the hand size, right? That right. and and Pickett does if you if you're going through intelligence, toughness, accuracy, Kenny Pickett does cross off Nathaniel Hackett's boxes. He does, but he's he doing will. it with small hands. But the thing is, Hackett, when I asked him about the height and hand size, he basically dismissed all the all measurements. He did not he didn't say you had to have a hand size. So I think it let's say Nathaniel Hackett really loves Kenny Pickett. That discussion might be interesting and might be a disagreement, perhaps. And what would what if Hackett says I love Kenny Pickett. I want to work with him. And yet Pickett's hand size comes in at eight and three quarters inches, which would give him the smallest hands of any starting quarterback in the NFL when he became a starter. And then what would that conversation be like? I mean, does does Peyton relax what he appears to think about hand size? Because it's clear he not while he doesn't care if you're six four, he does he does he's tall is not going to be a thing here with Broncos quarterbacks in differentiating one prospect from another, but the hand size could be. And so what does, if Hackett says, I really like Kenny Pickett, does Peyton say, all right, well, let's go get him. Even though he doesn't meet me, he may not meet that baseline. I mean, this is, it's kind of, it's kind of a fascinating discussion here because you are, because the Broncos probably are in position to take Kenny Pickett if they want him at number nine. By the way, real quick, 
I'm going to give you 30 seconds because we have to hit a break. We're joking around about hand size and creams mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, I could do it myself, but I'd rather let you talk about it because you're more of the expert than I am. Why is hand size such a big deal for a quarterback? Ball security, right. particularly in, particularly in uh, in damp weather, snow, rain, etc. And Kenny Pickett at at Pitt did have a bit of a fumbling problem. It got better toward the end of his time, especially after he went two gloves, but he was susceptible to fumbles. And the example, the historic example that I go back to in the NFL, remember Dave Craig, longtime Seattle Seahawks quarterback? I covered I him with the he, Chiefs. Exactly. Dave Craig had the smallest hands of any long-term NFL starting quarterback, and he had a fumbling problem. I believe when he retired, he was the NFL's all-time leader in fumbles. He also wasn't a very nice guy, but I digress. Coming up after well, that's the- too bad. He seemed like a nice guy in Seattle. I guess no, he got no, bitter. No, no, no. He, I, I really didn't particularly like him. You know, also, I didn't like Marcus Allen. He was kind of a jerk, too. Really? Yep. Joe Montana, great guy. Neil Smith, great guy. Derek Thomas, great guy. Oh, yeah. Marcus well, Allen I- was very standoffish. He was already a Hall of Famer by the time he got to the Chiefs. Coming up after the break, speaking of running backs, George Payton was asked about Melvin Gordon today. Is there a chance Melvin could be coming back to team up with Javante Williams? We'll let you know what George said next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, George Payton at uh, the Combine today asked about free agent Melvin Gordon and said, quote, I've had really good discussions with Melvin. We'd like to have him back. The phrase I'm about to use, I use all the time. Everybody in life wants to be successful. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, everyone does. The question is, who is committed to being successful? Everybody wants to be successful, but are you committed to being successful? Well, it's like breakfast. They say of of breakfast, the chicken is involved, but the pig is committed. There we go. (laughs) So wanting Gordon back and committing to Gordon back are two totally different things, specifically when it comes to salary. Mm -hmm. So do you think Peyton would commit salary to Gordon and be committed? Or do you think, well, I really want you back, but at a team-friendly deal? The latter, and I think this probably involves also being willing to let him test the market if they if they if they don't come to an accord. I think uh, uh, they're willing to let him see if he finds uh, what what's out there. Would it all surprise me if Melvin Gordon's back? No, but uh, it's not. It, it he would make more money if he went on the open market. No I question, believe. because there there are teams. Oh, I, let's just say Buffalo, for example, that could really use him. 
for whom he would be a clear number one running back and could actually be a difference maker. Right. That, that team is not, not Denver. And frankly, it, look, if he comes back to Denver, it's not as running back one. It says, you know, it, it, last year you could say they were both running backs, one, running back ones. Right. But Melvin Gordon was 1A and Javante was 1B. If Melvin comes back, he is at best 1B and maybe even 2 as they give Javante Williams, say, 65 to 70 percent of the load because of what they think of him and where they believe he can go. He would clearly make more money with other teams and be a featured back. I, yes. I don't see why he'd want to come back. With that, Peyton also said, Broncos are talking to Bryce Callahan's peeps. So should they bring him back at his market value? Remember, the guy's been injured, too. So I don't know what his you know market value is. Or should they only bring him back on a team-friendly deal? I mean, market value is not going to be what he was making just because of the injuries, right? Because he was he was at $7 million a year. Uh, market value on him, given that you expect he's going to miss time, it's just something you build in. <laughs> is that terrible? Yeah, but he, it, he sure. I remember you, he's like a, you know, as a Braves fan, that was Chipper Jones in about his last five years as a, as a major league player. He was still a terrific player, but you basically went, you, you went in saying, He's probably going to miss 30 or 40 games out of the year, and you accept that because the rest of it is is so good. You're still playing at a high level. And with Bryce Callahan, I think you'd say the odds are good that he's going to miss anywhere between four and eight games. But when you do get him for those for, for those uh, nine to 13 games, you're, you're getting arguably the best slot corner in the NFL. Tell me. So, yeah, that that's why I th I think about I think about four and a half million dollars would be a fair value for him at tell, this point. Tell me if this brings back memories. And here comes Chipper Jones up to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning with the bases loaded. That sounds nice. familiar. That uh, your your skip carry is very good, by the way. Well, that's actually, impressive. here this is the funny thing about announcers. That yeah. could be. Here comes Chipper Jones up to the play with the bases loaded. Or that could be, hello, everybody. Welcome to Folsom Field as the Colorado Buffaloes are going to take on the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers and another boondoggle here at Folsom Field. Yeah, they yeah, sound exactly the same. I never I never made that parallel, but now, I, now I'll never be able to unhear that. So thank you. Well, I think I told <laughs> you when I, when I worked in the Kansas City market, uh, Denny Matthews and the other uh, guy, the other play-by-play -play guy, they would go, innings one through three, then four through six, and then seven uh -huh. through nine. Welcome to yep. Kauffman Stadium, and you wouldn't know the difference between either broadcaster, whether it was the second inning or whether it was the fourth inning at Kauffman Stadium. And here comes oh George gosh. Brett up to the plate as Mike Magnanti has dealt seven scoreless innings. <laughs> nice. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Denver Nuggets Twitter account tweeted out happy 3-1 day to all who celebrate. We'll talk about the significance of today's date within the Nuggets organization. And also, the New York Giants could be taking calls on one of their top players, and they might not have too many top players that you could be thinking about. Who is that? That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, today is 3-1, and that means that the Nuggets are reminiscing and celebrating their back-to-back overcoming 3-1 deficits in the 2020 NBA playoff bubble in Orlando. They first defeated the Jazz as Jamal Murray outdueled Donovan Mitchell in the first round, and then in round two, Jokic and Murray fueled Denver to a win over the LA Clippers and their dynamic duo, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Looking back on the bubble today on 3-1, which was the more impressive playoff victory for the Nuggets coming back from 3-1 deficits in both series? Uh... I mean that's it's tough. It's a tough choice. I mean, the Clippers were a better team. The Jazz, of course, had Donovan Mitchell shooting out of his mind. But there, I'm just going to say the Clippers because they were a better overall team at that moment than the Jazz were. I, I did not see the comeback against the Clippers happening at all. Okay, I want to make sure I understand your exact question so I answer it correctly because I can answer this a bunch of different ways. So ask that question again. And yes, I was paying attention. Looking- See, with, with Mace, I can ask him a question, and you know this, Mace, and you give me a totally different answer as if I asked you another question. Yeah, because sometimes right. Right. There we I'm go. like, I- I'm not going right. to let you drag me into something. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so go ahead. Looking back on the bubble today yep. on 3-1, which series comeback was a more impressive playoff victory for the Nuggets? It was the Clippers. However, the more exciting series was the previous one in which Jamal Murray went off going head-to-head with Donovan Mitchell. That's what I mean. Two different answers. Well, that was answers. a great way to answer my question and also answer the question that you had a, had another answer for. That's why I wanted... So you that, got both. I wanted to answer your question first because I have marginal respect for you. Well, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I also have... Probably more than marginal respect for you. Oh, don't worry. And for me. Listen, lie to girls. Don't lie to me, Dan. All right. Just in case you missed it, New York GM Joe Schoen said the Giants are willing to entertain phone calls on Saquon Barkley. We've talked at length about what a deal for a top-tier quarterback would look like. What would trading for the number two overall pick from 2018 require in return from an interested organization? Well, with Saquon Barkley, you have somebody It's going to be kind of like Bryce Callahan very productive when he plays has uh, has has battled injuries and because of that has seen diminishing returns and of course he is uh, on his uh, fifth year option 
I don't think you'd probably be able to get more than a a late second round pick for Saquon Barkley at this at this point. Best case, maybe more likely a third rounder. It's hard enough investing in a running back anyway, more or less one who unfortunately is damaged. I don't know what they would get for him. I have no idea. I don't know what they would get for him. They'd be they'd be fortunate to get a second round pick. Who who wants to take on a guy who has a difficult time staying on the field? I know he's right. talented, but at the end of the day, it's the it's the old saying: availability is is important as ability. Right, and it's also why you don't pick running a running back number two overall, no matter how good he is, because there's because the injury risk at the position, the attrition of being a running back, it's just too damn high. You to me, you don't take a running back until late round one, preferably round two. I think the Broncos picked Javante Williams at a perfectly fine spot in round two, but in round one, wouldn't have liked the pick. Just in case you missed it, FIFA has kicked Russia out of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, and UEFA has also suspended Russian clubs from the Europa League following the invasion of Ukraine. St. Petersburg also has been stripped of hosting rights to the season's Champions League final. This is probably the strongest measure available from the world of sports to condemn condemn Putin's actions. Would you agree? This is it's the best they can do now. There, it's, there is even more to it because with UEFA, Correct. one of their biggest sponsors is Gazprom, which is a, a a Russian natural gas and oil company, that, not completely state-owned, but very connected to the state. So to support them means money going into the coffers of the Russian government. And they dropped Gazprom as a sponsor, and a couple of clubs in Europe have dropped Gazprom as their shirt sponsor as well this is the, but this is the bet this is really what we were talking about with the olympics a few weeks ago where the, the the russian olympic committee was being sanctioned and so you couldn't hear the russian anthem and you didn't see the russian flag but under the name of russian olympic committee all the russian teams and athletes still went that's the kind of punishment that has no effect this actually at least has the potential to 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 actually do some damage uh, to do some damage at least in credibility to Russia. This actually has some teeth. I, I have made this comment for many years that the NCAA is the most hypocritical organization in sports. Have you heard me say that? And I'll ask you: Do you believe it? I believe it. It's I had. Right I, I know. I've there, heard yeah. you say that. Yep. It, it, you yeah, know what? I, I was wrong. It's not the NCAA. It's the International Olympic Committee. He just hosted a game in China. Right, the games in China, what less than ten years ago, Winter Olympics in Sochi. You are more than happy to do business with countries that don't even care about human rights, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're making money. Don't tell me you're now doing the right thing. Give me a break. Don't forget, FIFA held the World Cup finals in Russia in 2018 too. And oh, by the way, yeah, where's FIFA the, has the their own corruption issues. Who? Yeah. FIFA has plenty of their own corruption oh, issues no, as well. Oh, yes. And oh, by the way, where is the World Cup going to be this year? Qatar. Qatar. Oh yeah, where, where, where they basically <laughs> take slaves from Africa and they bring them in to build all of their buildings, and then they don't let them go. It's all about money to them. That's all they care about. Mm-hmm. So incredibly 
corrupt. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed. You can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention when you're making a purchase like that, you want to, I don't know, take it for a test drive like a car, right? Well, you can do that at Mountain High Appliance. Plus, your sales staff, they can help you redesign your entire kitchen, or they can help you find something to fit your budget. Go to a big box store. Hey, can you help me redesign my entire kitchen? They'll be like, dude, I, I sell washers and dryers and iPhone cases. That's not customer service. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break at the top of the show, we talked about George Payton, his thoughts about drafting a quarterback. Coming up next, what did Nathaniel Hackett say at Media Day, for lack of a better phrase, the Combine, on what he wants in a quarterback? You'll hear that next. 